I, I tell clients your website is your digital storefront. Everything else welcomes them and brings them in. Your website is them coming through the door. You've got to know how much traffic you're getting. The rule of thumb is if we know those numbers, where the traffic is coming from and what's converting, it's really simple. We just do more of what's working and we stop wasting time on what's not. It's that simple. But to get there takes a big mental shift. Welcome to Top of Mind, a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. Digital marketing is not social media. Digital marketing is not blog posts. Digital marketing is not SEO, lead magnets, content, and pay-per-click. Rather, digital marketing is actually a toolbox. But the same way a plumber and an electrician both use toolboxes, the tools they carry day-to-day in those boxes are wildly different. So if digital marketing is a toolbox, then we want to make sure that we've got the right tools in it to get the job done. My guest today is a digital marketing strategist and coach with the Tresemer Group. She's an expert in being sure that marketing teams, whether they're one person or a dozen, are fully equipped with the right tools to get the job done. Joining me live today is Michelle Tresemer. Thanks a lot for joining me, Michelle. Thanks so much, Stuart. It's a simple analogy, but the toolbox analogy, it works, right? Like it's not about what you're doing. It's about why you're doing it. That's exactly right. And I can't tell you how many times I get calls from people who want just social media. And when I ask them why, they honestly have no idea. Well, my neighbor said, I have to be doing social media. I have to be doing SEO. It's like, well, why the heck are you doing that? Right. And this is where we get into, they're throwing away money. They have no idea what they're doing uh, and it ends in disaster, a ton of wasted money and time. And I think you've touched on it a couple of times in some of your recent posts is there are, unfortunately, as, as with any industry, there are predatory people out there who are trying to take advantage of those who just don't know what they're talking about. And that's especially dangerous when it comes to marketing people, because you're marketing, you're, if you're good at marketing, you can sell anything. And so right. they're just selling kind of these empty promises and get rich or get traffic quick, quick schemes. Yeah. And it's really interesting. There's two camps of that group of people. There's the ones who are intentionally going out there to screw people over and get their money and do SEO for three months with no results. But there's also a whole bunch of freelancers, VAs. There's people who just don't know that they're doing damage. What do you mean by damage? Well, let's say um, maybe a freelancer, social media expert, and I'm picking on social media because I see it the most, where they, they're good at Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, but they have never taken their skill far enough to actually get the client results. So what they think they're getting paid for is I'm going to make your Instagram look pretty. But what the client thinks they're buying is the results. So they don't even know that they're doing it. Does that make sense? Like they're, they're so stuck in their silo. They have no idea how this is affecting the bottom line. And quite frankly, they don't even know to ask. Right. So, so a business owner might engage an external like Instagram person and mm-hmm. within three weeks, their feed looks really nice because they're following like the same color scheme and they're got product pictures and blah, 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 blah. 
So in theory, they've done their job because they were engaged for Instagram feed improvement or whatever. But you're saying that that might not actually be, that might just be a Band-Aid solution and it might not actually be like providing any value. Or not a solution. Yeah, not a solution at all. I see it so often, especially with Instagram, Facebook, the pretty looking ones. When I get calls from people who said, hey, I hired a social media person and I'm not seeing any results. The first thing I ask is, well, what did you ask for? And one, they don't know because they do not know enough about all of the tools to even have made that decision and tell them what to do. And, you know, freelancers or, you know, one-off providers, they're going to do what you tell them to do. Mm -hmm. You are not paying them to be told, right? But you have to know enough. It's like, I can do my QuickBooks. Should I be doing my QuickBooks? Absolutely not. I pay someone to tell me what to do. But people don't think that way in terms of digital marketing. What are some foundations that you try to educate your clients on so that they know that they're asking the right questions? <laughs> I, I like to use the, I, I'm big with analogies, of a house. And I think, okay, if someone says, I'm going to come remodel your kitchen. And they think, oh, great, it's going to look fantastic. I'm going to have all the new appliances. But then I come in and say, that's great. And I'm really excited that you want to focus on your kitchen. But did you know your garage is on fire? <laughs> or your entire electrical system is broken. Uh, so I like to go from the inside out. Foundationally, your website is super important, right? And I cannot tell you how many times someone focuses on social media and I spend 30 seconds, go to their website and all of their social icons are broken. It happens all the time, big and small companies. They, they're missing that foundational piece, which is website, SEO, analytics, and tracking. It's not sexy. No, it's super foundational. Let's talk a little bit more about websites. What are you thinking in terms of websites right now? Oh my gosh. And Jay Barron, who you had on your show recently, he nailed it. Let the website do its job. Mm. And people are skipping that piece and going straight to the fun stuff of, oh, I'm going to blog. I'm going to do all this content generation. I'm going to do all these really cool posts. But where are those going? They should be going back to your website. So if your website looked like the 90s threw up, it's not going to serve you and you're going to lose those people. Like you never capture them. Right. Like you, you want your, your website to be the kind of center stage, right? And all these outside links, whether it's like on a social media platform or your call to action at the end of a podcast or like whatever you're spending your energy to try and drive people back. It, you want to make sure that they're coming back to your website because once they're on your website, its job is to get people further educated and, and interested in what you have to do and, and let them navigate to things that are interesting to them eventually to get a sale or something. Yeah. I, I tell clients that your website is your digital storefront. Everything else welcomes them and brings them in. Your website is them coming through the door. So how are you going to introduce yourself? How are you going to reinforce that brand value? And then to get even nerdier about it, as soon as they hit your website, that's when the tracking really kicks in. Like, yes, we have Facebook tracking pixels, LinkedIn tracking pixels, but once they hit your site, all it opens up a whole world of remarketing and retargeting options. Right, right. And then so that kind of ties into the analytics. Is there yeah. anything uh, that you typically see people making mistake-wise when it comes to uh, website analytics? Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, they never look. <laughs> And I actually had a client a couple of weeks ago and I said, okay, well, it looks like you have Google Analytics installed. When was the last time you looked at it? They had no idea it had been installed. And she straight up told me she didn't want to know. 
So hear me out on that. It's it's a very vulnerable, emotional thing to publish content. Mm -hmm. And when you look and see the reality of how many people viewed your blog post or spent more than five seconds on it, it can hurt, right? That cuts deep because you spent a lot of time on it. Uh, so sometimes they don't even want to know. So I like to tell people, you need to know your numbers, just like you know your income and expenses. You've got to know how much traffic you're getting. The rule of thumb is if we know those numbers, where the traffic is coming from and what's converting, it's really simple. We just do more of what's working and we stop wasting time on what's not. It's that simple. But to get there takes a big mental shift. Hmm. Why do you think that people don't want to know their numbers? If they're a small business, like I said, it's very emotional and they've yeah. been working their butts off for a month and posting and they hired all these specialists to do SEO. And then when I walk it through and they see, oh my God, I had 30 visits, even larger companies, like they don't realize how hard it is to get up to 1,000, 2,000, 50,000, 100,000 visits a month. Mm -hmm. It's tough. And, you know, no one likes to show their failures. So if they had a big campaign that they tested and they go and look at the numbers and they're not favorable like that. It's tough. Mm -hmm. It's, it's black and white wins and fails. And then, so, so we've kind of covered website analytics mm -hmm. and then SEO is just like such a broad topic. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think we want to get into the nitty gritty, but <laughs> there's also a lot of misinformation or yeah. just like un lack of understanding of what the foundations of even that are like, let's just go back to the foundations of everything, right? Like to SEO, oh, to, to you, what do you see the point of SEO and why you would actually tell someone to even pursue it as a strategy? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So SEO, I don't consider even a, a strategy in that of itself. SEO touches absolutely everything else you do. Like if you're doing a blog post, if you, it, it's putting your customer front and center and speaking in their language because that's all semantic search, right? Mm -hmm. So why would you not take that into account for every social post, for every blog, every time you post on Medium or as a LinkedIn article? It all has to do with SEO. So when I work with clients, I coach them on that. Instead of hiring out, like until they're big enough, you really can't afford a standalone SEO specialist. So train everybody who re you know touches content. And that's how you get it done. It lifts everything. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've noticed is that if you're in the in if you're doing any type of content or mm -hmm. SEO or like if you're just kind of a, a one or two person marketing team yeah. it feels super repetitive you're like how many times can i say the same thing the same way and so you distract yourself by trying to think of different ways to to say the same thing or promote it mm -hmm. but what we have to remember is every time you post online probably less than 10% of your total audience is actually seeing that post. Absolutely. And being repetitive is not a bad thing. That just means you actually have focus on what it is you can offer them rather yeah. than just like shooting, like shooting from the hip, hoping that I, what I'm saying is resonating, right? Do you yeah. agree with that or do you have I a totally different way agree. of thinking? Nope. That's exactly right. I, I yell at my clients all the time when they feel like something has kind of run its course. And I tell them, until you want to poke your eyes out because you're so tired of seeing it, it has not done its job yet. Like you have to put it out there uh, so many times, you're going to be sick of it. And that's okay. You know, you've gotten to a good point where you're really tired of seeing it. <laughs> well, because then people actually know what you do. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, I admire your your willingness to talk about some of the shady stuff that yeah. people are pushing out there, whether it's SEO related, like some tactics that people use to get quick traffic, but it's mm-hmm. it's unqualified. It's in a lot of cases just like total spam. Yeah. And it pads the analytics for the time of their like mm-hmm. contract, but it actually hurts brands uh, yes. reputation within the the Google world, but then also even just like the the customers that go there and have a terrible experience. Is that is that because you've you've seen or experienced being scammed like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, before I recommend, so I don't actually do the execution anymore of digital marketing, um, but I need to refer. So before I refer a, a provider, I will try them on my own assets first. You know, I need to know that they know their stuff, uh, and I see it all the time. It, yeah, I hire and fire very quickly and yeah. I have very high standards and I've got a series of questions that I ask to vet people. Oftentimes I'm hired to just vet providers and it's, uh, it's interesting. And my clients, they, they don't know to ask these questions because they've never done it. So the likelihood of them getting screwed or not hiring the right person for the position is really, really high. What, what's one of the harder questions you ask that really trumps new people? Oh, my easiest one, like social media is always a great example. Uh, I always ask, okay, so how much traffic to their client's website did you get them from your social efforts? And 98% of the time, one, they don't know how to log into Google Analytics or two, they just have no idea and they have no idea what a UTM tracking code is. It's like, okay, yeah. not a fit. You, you really try to see it from the client's perspective. Like yeah. what is the actual outcome the client's trying to drive? Yes. The outcome that they're looking for is more qualified people but they vocalize it as, I want a prettier Instagram feed. Yeah, they don't even go that far. They just say, I need to do social media. Someone mm-hmm. told me I need to do SEO. They have no clue what that means. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, let, let's back it up. What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, and I like to take it to a 50,000 foot view. So I like to flip it. And this is where most people make a mistake. Even larger companies I've worked with, they say, okay, we need to do social media. We want to use this channel but you need someone like me to step in and say, okay, why is this where your ideal customer lives? Like which social channels are we going to focus on? We have limited time and budget. So let's figure it out. And maybe that isn't the best. Maybe email is going to be totally money for you. Maybe Facebook is a complete loss. I don't care if the CEO wants it. It's, it's not appropriate unless we're intentional and say, you know what, for the board of directors, we are going to do this campaign. The only goal is that these five people see three posts this month. Does that make sense? Like it's completely a legit goal, but be intentional about it. They, they want to see that you're doing it. Right. Like, cause they have a checklist somewhere in their strategic plan that they are going to be bleeding edge and do social media. So they just need to see the posts and then they'll get off the marketing team's back. Like, I, I'm not kidding. I have run ad campaigns, geofencing, board of directors, homes. Wow. Not kidding. So that they can see the display ad so that they feel like stuff is happening. Right. Even though, you know. How do you go about setting yourself up so that you are building results and actually getting the outcomes that you know are going to be more meaningful, but without stepping on people's toes and totally being like this rogue marketer that they're like, she's out of control. <laughs> it, that's a dance. It is. An, yeah. Oh, it is. It's art because yeah. you have, you have to give, you know, the C-suite or V, you know, vice president level VPs and above the data that they want, but they don't want to hear about UTM tracking. 
Mm-hmm. Like they don't care how many ad combinations you did. So it's really a dance of giving them very tailored information so they can make good decisions without getting them into the weeds of the, the sexy side of social media. Right. Like they can get caught off guard when they're at a dinner party. And this happens. It's so bizarre. It happens. They're at a dinner party and someone will say, oh, I haven't seen you on LinkedIn or I haven't seen any of your content on Facebook. And then the next workday, I'll get a call. Like, Why aren't we on XYZ network? It's like, okay. So it's part education for sure. If they have time to listen to it, but they really shouldn't. You know, like they can't, they have bigger fish to fry. They can't spend their time worrying about your, the Facebook algorithm change this month. (laughs) That's, that's our job to keep track of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. I use the strategy, I guess, of proactively giving them little tidbits of information Mm -hmm. to keep it top of mind, but in the areas I need them to be focused on. So, Hey, so-and-so CEO just wanted to flag you. We ran this campaign last month. Look at all these fantastic comments on this blog post that you authored. Right. That's what I want them focused on. Right. Is there a place to tell them bad news or is that a place to to push the good news? I usually only push good news on that. If I'm having issues with something, I am very, very proactive with it and say, hey, we tested ABC, didn't get quite get what we wanted. Here's how we're going to proactively change it for the next round. Like it's always moving forward. It's mm-hmm. iterative, right? Mm-hmm. As your campaign should be because things Absolutely. are changing. Yes, very, very quickly. <laughs> good job security for me, for sure. Yeah, and things and and as some of these channels just continue to get uh, busier and busier, and they evolve like their businesses as well, right? So we have yeah. to remember that that they're trying to figure out how to get us to spend more money on their platforms, or get more people, or make it a better experience for the people who are on those platforms. Absolutely, yeah. I've got people asking about TikTok now. Do you do you have any strategies or tips there yet? No, not quite yet. Most of my, (laughs) uh, in order to be on TikTok, you kind of have to make a fun of yourself and you have to be able to do that. And not many people have the the stones to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really, you can't just jump into a channel without actually experiencing it first. Like I downloaded it last month and spent like an hour a day. It's, it's a really good platform. It's very entertaining. It's super meme based, right? Yeah. Like the even the just the just the culture on different platforms lets different content breathe. And so if you're trying to have like evergreen business content talking about your industry, that's not the spot for it because it's it's in and it's out in twelve hours and then it's never gonna be seen again. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Whereas sometimes on LinkedIn your a post will be churning for weeks after you post it. It's weird. They encourage different behavior. And so if before jumping in and saying we need this, you have to understand a little <laughs> bit of like the context of why people are on that platform. Yes, I, I like to push back and say, well, have you used TikTok? Like, do you watch it? I think you should go spend five hours and just binge that stuff. And, yeah. and then tell me what you think, because yeah. there's some weird stuff on there. Yeah, it's funny. I like it, though. It's going to be cool to see how that plays out and see if it swallows people's time because we also have a limited amount of time in the day. So it'll be interesting to see if it swallows time from other social medias or if we just say, you know what, actually, I can I can give up another half an hour of sleep or like time with my family and like we just expand our social media time. 
<laughs> I, I suspect that's going to happen. Uh-huh. Michelle, let's talk a little bit about some of the audits that you do when you're engaging with a new person and they, yeah. they want to understand how you can help them and how marketing can help their business in general. So uh, you've got five kind of main categories. Why don't I just say them out loud and then we can dive into whichever one uh, kind of makes the most sense right now. So you awesome. look at the cash flow leak audit, the competitor opportunity leverage, mm-hmm. the road to return on investment, course correction, yep. and finally, marketing workflow optimization. And I think you very intentionally put optimization as the last one. So why don't we just start up at the top and looking at the cash flow leak audit? Sure. This goes back to when I said the garage is on fire. Most people don't know because they don't have anyone on staff, even in like a 60 or $100 million revenue business. They don't have a digital marketing strategist that understands how all of the tools work. So they've probably implemented three, four, or played with five different channels, but they've never done a top-down look at what's working, what isn't, where are they wasting their money? And this is where we have the really tough conversations where I have to say, hey, I know you hired this junior marketing person to do your social media, but FYI, you're getting no return on it and it's a complete waste of her talents. It is literally throwing away money and doing nothing for you. That's the cash flow leak. It's finding out what's on fire, fixing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a leaky bucket, right? Let's duct tape that up first before we add new channels. Okay. That's really good because you want to stop the leak before you then start looking to Pour uh, more water in. It's, yeah. Add more yeah. capacity or like mm-hmm. more more complexity to your whole your whole business. Yeah, absolutely. And then so so then you would look at uh, your competitor opportunity mm-hmm. leverage. Tell me a little bit yes. about that. This is where we are stealthy and we look at what your competitors are doing. We look where they're spending time and money. What do their ads look like? How sophisticated are their landing pages? What about their email campaigns? What are they doing? Chances are we can figure out what did not work for them and consider it for my client. And that's always super fun. This is like the big crowd pleaser when I report back because I get to dig in on everything the competitors are doing wrong, which is super, super fun and everybody loves it. And so when you're going through, mm-hmm. that's that's when you say, go to their website, put your email into one of their landing pages and then Hell just yeah. like screenshot their whole their whole email campaign. Yep. And I dig in what keywords are driving traffic to their site. What are they going after? What does Google think they are known for? Mm. What tools do you use for that? I I use SEMrush. Okay. It's my favorite. It's super easy to figure out, you know, what are they doing? What are they going for? And where are the opportunities? You know, if they are not going after long tail keywords, we need to do long form content, really digging into those semantic questions because they're missing the mark. And I, I love PPC because I can tell who hired shady PPC providers because I can tell that they're buying a bunch of junk keywords mm. and not t- paying attention to it. So if they're not paying attention, maybe we can sneak in and, and get some of those. Yeah, I like doing that because you get to see how other people, like if they're spending money on ads, it's mm-hmm. because it's working. In theory, yes. In- in theory, yeah, yeah, but you can yeah. also improve on what they've yeah. done with your own. Like, if you if you hate their aesthetic, that's an opportunity for you to say, "Of course, we're not gonna we're gonna do it our own way that looks good." Absolutely, <laughs> and, and the better words, right? Yeah, and then those get you on the road to return on investment. 
Yes. So once we get those two pieces done, I give my clients a giant to-do list and it's incredibly detailed, such as you're missing all of this tracking code or these things are all busted. You need to go fix these. Or Google thinks your B2B SaaS company is about women's roller bags, which legit happened to a client. It's like, well, we need to take that content off your site. It's very, very detailed because that's how you're going to get there. You do have to pay attention to the the details on this. Oh yes. Yes. It's it's kind of a disgusting list. Yeah. Especially yeah. the like I'm kind of I'm kind of just cringing thinking about it, but like the broken <laughs> links on a website, Ooh, the yeah. the like URL codes that just don't work and stuff like that. That's it's heavy duty and it's heavy lifting, but it's so necessary because it is your storefront. Like would you yeah. let someone into your store if there were broken tiles on the floor and you didn't have a sign saying like we're renovating, sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. We see it a lot in emails. People forget about their email autoresponders all the time. And there's usually busted links in the email autoresponder or they never hooked up tracking. So then they can't see email traffic to their website. So they have no idea how much revenue they got from these eight email campaigns. It's like, Mm. okay, let's, let's fix this. Do you have any preferred email service provider? I don't know. I'm I'm in between stuff right now and they kind of all sound like they do the exact same thing, but then they don't. You're going to crack up at this. I like to say they all suck in different ways. Yeah. And when I when clients are looking at switching, I tell them you have to do the demos, like the free trials, and you have to pick the one that makes you want to like throw up the least. Because <laughs> some of them are, you know, like if you looked at Constant Contact and MailChimp on the SMB side, they do the same thing. What, they're very different UIs though. So, so it, it's also, you know, I like to give the example, you're either a Mac or Windows. You like Reebok or Nike, you're Coke or Pepsi. It's constant contact or MailChimp. You're wired differently, whether you're using Office 365 or G Suite. Yeah. So you have to use them to find out because what I, what works for me may not work for someone who's wired for Office 365. Does that make sense? Like they're very different, but we use everything from Marketo on the enterprise all the way down to MailChimp and they all have their pros and cons and little workarounds, but we, we kind of know most of them now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still think email is super important, uh, yeah. but if it's junk, it's junk and it'll never get read. Yeah. Yep. If you put effort towards it and make it conversational, yeah. like that will be your lifeline because people love that stuff. Yes. I rip those apart all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. you sound like a robot, knock it off. Sound like a real person and see if you get a better response. Yep. Moving on, we've got course correction because now we've got a little bit of clarity on the direction we're going. What does course correction look like? This is more the coaching Mm -hmm. and strategic management. So, okay, we're moving along, moving along. As we dive in and start making those uh, those changes, we're going to find more stuff. You know, it's like it's a rabbit hole. It very much is. And we're going to find new areas. So you need someone kind of leading it to make sure you don't go too deep into a rabbit hole that's useless. So it's get the foundation fixed, then you can start going back and diving in deeper if you Mm. have time, of course. What are some some of those deeper strategies that you're exploring with with some of your clients? A website's a big one. So when we do the initial audits, like, okay, we can figure out what's really broken. But as you get deep into a website, you're going to find pages that were published three years ago that someone needed that are set to no end. Like it just gets gross, especially the longer websites around, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's usually a black hole for us. (laughs) And just like cutting stuff or cleaning it up, updating it. Um, Half the time, the privacy policy might be completely outdated, which, you know, is a, it's a huge risk factor. So we do prioritize when we're talking about websites, we do risk mitigation first. 
So if you're likely to get sued over this or your privacy policy is outdated, that's a, that goes number one on the list. Like call your lawyer, get this done. How long typically would those first four steps take before we then get into optimization? Really a month. They're very quick. Oh, that's so quick. It, yeah. It, yeah, it takes it takes about two weeks to really dive in and interview the team, figure out where they're trying to get, where their competitors are, and build that plan. It's about two weeks. It's a lot of hours, but two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, it's about three months of coaching and training to get the staff on board. When I'm talking about cash leaks, it's not only in foundational technical, it's also in staff. So if you have, like I talked about that junior marketer who might be handling ABC, if they're not wired for that, great. Instead of hiring someone else, let's train them on this thing they are wired for and you're going to save a ton of money. Like let's not outsource unless we have to. I always use in-house first, which sounds counterintuitive because I'm an outsourced provider, but it's, it's the client's long-term success, right? Like I don't want them paying more than they have to. Yeah. And especially if you've got someone who's interested in... Yes a topic and yep. you've now built it out, why would you not have them trained on it? Absolutely. I like to uh, make them do the Google Analytics individual qualification test. Oh, what's that's that? a, it, so you get certified with Google Analytics. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. the beginner level, right? But if they can take it and pass it, then they're going to be more towards the analytics side. So they might be more geared toward PPC. They might be more geared toward uh, being a webmaster. Whereas if they really did not like that, they're going to go the art side where it's more, let's talk about the graphics for display ads or making your Instagram look really good. Yeah. So that's yeah. always a good test for me. Oh, that's smart. And yeah. then sometimes they just quit because they hate marketing after that. <laughs> and that. <laughs> yep. All right. Done. So once you've got the, the, the optimization down, that is really just trying to fast track new learning opportunities yes. that you see. Absolutely. That could be, okay, let's, after foundation's all set up, maybe the first thing is we're going to build out your content calendar. Now that we have it fixed, we can go do more of it. So let's, let's build out what content we're going to produce, or let's run your first LinkedIn campaign with, with these new foundational tools. And, mm -hmm. and that's all training. It's let's talk about the tech skills. Mm. What kind of a, this is a, a little off topic, but it's more just like a, a specific, if you're running an ad, what kind of pages, like landing pages, are you seeing working right now? Because that's the that's what we're trying to figure out always is like how to exchange value for an email sure. so that we can follow up. Are you seeing anything particular right now? Yeah, I am pushing my clients. A lot of them are, well, you're either, you have a lot of cash or you have a lot of time. You've got one or the other most of the time, right? For the clients who have a ton of money, they are not taking the time to test different landing pages as much. Whereas the smaller clients who need to be more like a, a speedboat and move very quickly, I make sure that the, the ad copy, this sounds so basic, the ad copy matches the language and tone and pictures of your landing page, which then match the message and tone of the email and the mm -hmm. actual thing you're getting. Mm -hmm. It's more time consuming because you've got to build out all of those assets with you know the, the ebook or whatever it is. That, that's the correct way to do it. It's going to be better received on Facebook and your relevancy and quality scores are going to be way high. But if you're a bigger company and you just want to throw money at it, you're not caring about that couple percent increase. Right. Does right. that make sense? So yeah, I'm absolutely. always going towards that correct path. Right. Because you're trying to make it the best experience yes. for your customer, yes. which makes whichever channel you went through look good. And yep. so they'll promote you. 
Yeah. But people forget that all the time. They, they think in terms of a hundred people instead of Sally, John, Frank visited the, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them to move it the other way. Do you have any exercises that you personally practice to like try to remember that there's people on the other side of the screen? Uh, absolutely. I make my clients do this all the time and I probably should do it more myself. I make them um, secret shop themselves. What's that mean? So if you're a VP at your company and you haven't checked your own stuff, pretend to be a customer, a prospect, fill out the forms, get a generic Gmail account, do a fake thing, whatever, and go through. You're going to catch so much stuff just doing that. And I highly recommend doing it once a quarter. That's smart. Yeah. And it's, it's always eye opening. It's like, oh man, I've totally meant to go back and fix that. And, I, and, and as the person in charge of marketing, do it yourself before you go tell the, C, the CEO. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Like before any board meetings, you <laughs> definitely want to go do that. That's yeah. Yeah. We've been uh, updating some stuff on our site and now our entire CRM is just all like aliases of people of us just like trying to yep. break it. Just try as hard to break it as possible. Absolutely. That's the right thing to do. <laughs> this has been really helpful, Michelle. It's basics, but it's not basic. This right. is this is super important stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good way to... I might steal that. You Please do. <laughs> yeah, this stuff is so complicated and people just forget. It, it matters. The data matters. You've recently launched a email course mm-hmm. that has to do with all these foundational things. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thank you. It, it's called the exposure experience. And I liken it to learning a new language. So for any small, medium business who is... They're confused and they don't want to really dive into what the heck SEO is and why should they care. This is like a very gentle way to start hearing the words. But the chances are, if you go through this program, the next time someone tries to sell you SEO, you're going to think, oh, I saw that. I don't think that's right. And it gives you some power, right? When you speak the language and you're familiar with the lingo. So the whole goal of that is just empower these people to not make those horrible decisions because every dollar matters. Like, especially right now, you cannot be wasting money on social media or SEO. Just mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Where can, where can people go to uh, get started on that? Oh, you can go to tgroupmethod.com and it's right up in the navigation under coaching. Sweet. Yeah. No, that's that's really helpful because it's, it's about giving people those words that they can then question yes. When, yes. so that they're not sitting quietly at a meeting being like, oh, I don't know anything about <laughs> that topic. Even though every every bone in your body can be saying like that's wrong, that sounds that sounds too good to be true. That's that sounds that's so cheesy. It. But I yes. don't know what words to 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 bring up so without sounding like I don't know what I mean. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much, Michelle. This has been really helpful uh, for me, and I hope that a lot of other people just to remember like don't overcomplicate it. Thank you, Stuart. I appreciate it. Awesome. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, then you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to topofmind.substack.com and put in your email, you can get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content inspired by this show. So there's going to be candid audio recordings that aren't going to be available anywhere else, not on Spotify, not on Apple, nowhere else except on topofmind.substack.com. But that's not it. It's also a platform where I can share written content, videos, links, and anything else that I come across directly with you. You're going to get access to it right away. You're going to get access to the whole library of archived posts. 
And you're also going to be the first to be notified when a new episode of Top of Mind comes out. So head on over to topofmind.substack.com. See you there. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.